You don't want Love it. Talk Radio. No need it. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. I'm at the round table with my bro from another mo. <laughs> B. Austin, what up? Oh no, we weren't ready. Nah, um, <laughs> yo, man, my life is better than y'all's because I got theme music, and I know y'all gonna say, when am I gonna stop drawing about having theme music ten ten years into the show? Probably never. <laughs> I know we've had we've had theme music since like episode three. And then we're like episode 466, and B. Austin still feeling like the Jack of Spades because he got theme music. Every good hero should have I some. I got a new name. But, I just got look. a new name. I'm the The homie, the brother, uh, the blueprint, he's back from Globetrotting. He'll be with us in a few minutes. I'm pretty sure he's he's sleepy as hell. You know, he's finishing up his, his last nap. Before he got to get to work, but um, look, the NBA playoffs have gotten very interesting to say the least, and it's not even really the the actual competition in the semifinals. There's a lot of hot takers out there that have to eat a little bit of crow this week. Might end up eating some more crow next week. You never know. So we're gonna rap about it all, but keep it locked right here because we're gonna discuss that and everything happening in the world of sports. But if you want to get in the conversation yourselves. You know what to do if you're a loyal listener. If not, make sure you sign in right now to the JB Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, y'all know we always got to let you know that during the week when you're not doing anything, when we're not live on the air, you can check out archived episodes of our show on our own network at warroomsports.com and the War Room Sports mobile app. Also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, wherever, man. Wherever you listen to podcasting, you know, we're probably there. Just go there, look we up the War Room War Room Sports. Look up the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You will find us somewhere on your little computer thingy. But um, yo, did you did you hear that you, that that the bull Biff Tannen, aka President Donald Trump, is now all for reparations? Did you hear that? Oh, <sighs> <laughs> uh, break it break it down for me, brother. Shout out to David Ortiz, though. <laughs> well, he's not he's not down for reparations in the way that 
you and I would think, you know, when we think the word reparations, he's in he's in the mix for his own reparations. And he thinks because of, you know, the whole investigation against him, he thinks that basically hijacked the first two years of his presidency. So he thinks he should get reparations and he should get an extra two years in office, a six-year term as reparations for them hijacking the first two years of his presidency with this ridiculous, these ridiculous investigations. Yo, shout out to shout out to Tannen Tannen Forty Five. That's his new name, Tannen Forty Five. This, yo, I, I'm I'm just gonna keep it a million with y'all, man. As black men, you know where we stand politically, but as human beings with twisted sense of humor, we'd be lying if we didn't love this dude, man. Like I, I he, he is the most absolute asinine, racist, white, patriarchal, white supremacist, leaning figurehead the country will ever see. He's like a caricature. But I believe, based on what my belief that this country is, based on what my belief is, this country deserves every minute, every moment of Donald Trump and he is here for our, the War Room's, entertainment. And he is doing a smashing and stellar job. I'm thoroughly entertained. Uh, I know a lot of folks aren't. And I know why. And I am, I am empathetic and sensitive and compassionate to, to why you, uh, you may hate everything this man represents. Because, quite frankly, it's hateable. It's worth hating. But for me... I'm just entertained because I never expected that this was anything other than what America is. And you're and and shame on you if you did. This is this is joyful entertainment for me. He is hilarious. I'm done. Make a joyful noise. If you do. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it gets crazy, man. Dude has no issue saying anything. Um, he says what he wants. He does what he wants. Yo, it's the most, you know, like like you said, like you, you got to be entertained by it. Like I've never seen anybody hijack the executive branch of government of the United States of America quite like this dude. Does what he wants. Says what he wants. Does what he wants. Says what stays on Twitter. Like, listen, there's like a triple standard. Not a double standard, like a triple standard for him because, listen, my man, and I, and you know, we, again, we're not huge uh, Barry uh, Obama stands or, or fans or supporters, but as a black man, if Barry Obama tried one-tenth, one-tenth of the shenanigans this dude, yo, they would have they hmm. impeached him and sentenced him to death. Like, yeah, yo... Firing squad. <laughs> Wouldn't have just been impeachment. All right, man. So let's let's get into uh, what we're here to get into, and that's hot topics. What are brought to you by my bookie. If you guys want to make a little bit of extra money on the side, nah, we're not asking you to do a little something for us on the corner. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> but you can make a little bit of extra money sports at my bookie. 
And I'm thinking, yo, the run that, that, that my little dude is on B, I don't know. I might be hitting up my bookie a little bit more myself. You know, uh, Shorty, he hasn't lost a team in his NBA bracket yet. <laughs> and this, this, and this Kevin Durant injury, this Kevin Durant injury, if, if Harden doesn't Harden in the next game or two, you know, playoff Harden, and they can come back and win this without Kevin Durant. We'll talk about that later. Yo, Shorty going to look like a genius because he went out on the limb and said the Rockets were going to beat them in the second round. But he got the Rockets going on to beat the Bucks in the NBA Finals. This is, a, you know, a little Shorty who's become a diehard Sixers fan. Like, have, when, when have you ever seen somebody that young talk about stuff like this and not talk about it, like, with their their heart, but instead doing it with their head? I think I'm doing a good job here. Spend, spend too much time around his pop. Yo, <laughs> oh, man, straight up. Because think about it. I was talking to my wife yeah. about this. And I'm like, first of all, like a seven-year-old, like not picking his team to beat everybody and go all the way. Yo, I know 40, 50, and 60-year-olds who can't do that. I know people from Philly right now who pick the Sixers to beat every single body they played, every game they played. They're a little upset never, at the no, moment. Never, but never <laughs> mind. Never mind that. I know men that get paid millions of dollars to be sports pundits <laughs> that have no objectivity. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Anyway, let me let me finish this real quick. Um, you guys can lay down some dough in the biggest games in sports. Just join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you guys are tired of getting a runaround at those other services when it's time to get paid. That's why we urge you to give it a try. You win, they pay. No hassles. You're basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game start. So join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. You heard it right, 100%. Just use promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. Nothing else. And what up, Jimmy the... The Jimmy the, the the Globe Trotter back in the building. Blueprint. What's up, beloved? How y'all? Yo, yeah, is the Earth, everybody yo, like, is the you Earth know, right after now? all the Globe Trotting, you had to get your last little. You had to finish up your last little yeah. nap because the jet lag is Man, real. Listen. So yeah, <laughs> jet lag is real. Not only, yo, not only is jet lag real. Them damn Western Conference games in the NBA. Like I, I've been up watching them games and yo, that day that, that's is, painful the next day. It's crazy for just the, you know, the average person doing the average things the next day. But you just came from the other side of the globe. And then you come back yeah. and try to try to get back on your regular clock. And then you up watching West Coast yeah. games. Like, you need some sleep. Yo, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, also, also, the matter is we, we're aging, gentlemen. So it's like back oh, yeah. in the day. You know, staying at your West Coast game was nothing, dog. Try to do that at this age, cuz? Man, listen. But I couldn't cut that Yo, game off last night. I'm about to say, that's no. what, but, but for me, I can't even say that. I can't even say that because for me, it's all about the DVR these days, man. Like, because I know as soon as I sit down that I'm not going to make it. I, like, during the playoffs, the fact that we have a West Coast game almost every night, I wake up on the, the couch. Every every morning at like four a.m. <laughs> Luckily, you know, Yo. 
the TV got the little Welcome. joint where it cuts itself off if, if nobody's moved in in the last four Yo. hours. So I always have wife, to go back wife, and watch like the second half of the game no in the morning. Huh? Your wife probably think you your wife probably think you love her and you go to bed. I know. I, yeah, I, I either Yo, that's I real. Either don't I either don't get in the bed, just not to bother, or you know, I I gotta creep and, and get in the bed at four or five in the morning. It's weird. <laughs> Yo, but it's, it's crazy because I'm I'm a weirdo. NBA like I'm a weirdo. I'm end. still I'm I'm still one of the dudes that can't watch like sporting events on like DVR. Like I don't know why I just can't. Like, is no, I can't do that. Like, any TV show, I can't do that. You know, I can't do that on the on the regular. It's one of those things where it's it's only like during this this playoff time because in the regular season, you know, if I'm up, I'm up and I watch a West Coast game. But in the playoffs, you kind of press to watch everything. So the fact that I know yeah. I'm going to fall asleep. I just hit the button, and when I get up, I try not to, you know, I try not to hear what happened, and then, you know, get a get a little nap, and then come back down and watch it like I was just watching it that night. But yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I can't like, I can't record a game, especially find out what happened, and then go watch the game. Like that's not possible. But Once no, I find I out what happened, it's over. I was thinking about something last while watching the game, and, and we was in the group chat chatting during the game. I said the good thing about it is, um, you know, with like LeBron going out west and it's not like a steam roll, the East has actually been like very entertaining this year too. Because it used to be you right. get to watch the Western Conference because the East you already knew it was going to happen. But you know, outside <laughs> of uh, and we'll talk about you know um, Boston or what have you, but some entertaining games playoffs are pretty good. You know what though? I think LeBron, I still think LeBron is the greatest forecaster <laughs> that we've seen. Because I swear. I don't see how, as as constituted, even though, you know, people were saying they were done last year and they still made it out. But as constituted, I don't see how Cleveland with LeBron would have gotten out of the East this year. I don't see it. Yeah, but, that's but, great. but a lot that's of people great. jumped the gun and couldn't see it last year. I still knew they had a chance but last year. Because their biggest threat last year was missing all of their people. And they still Pete took them to the break. When you look at when you look at the the Western Conference, which has been top heavy, but now when you look at it, the, the young guns are all in the East. So he found mm-hmm. a way not only yeah. to get out of the East before Cleveland, he found a way to get out before the East becomes a dominant going, uh, conference. Going to a weekend yeah. in West. <laughs> Went to the weekend, the weekend in West. Yeah, yeah. sunsetting on his career the in West. In the West. As soon as you break that, that thing not, out, that. you break that thing up in Golden State. It's pretty much anybody's race at that point. I mean, I mean you, you're looking at Houston, but anyway. <laughs> Ron don't care about basketball. Yo, if you watch HBO for about an hour, right, you'll notice that Ron don't care. He got so many shows and so much going on. I'm like, I don't even know when he finds time to play ball. I know, I know, it's crazy. All, all right, so we we don't really have much in the way of hot topics today, anyway, man. We just wanted to definitely give a rest in peace shout out to uh, David Montgomery who passed away at the age of 72. He was the chairman of our beloved Philadelphia Phillies. Dude was straight up homegrown. He died from jawbone cancer. I'm, don't even. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't even. Yeah. Uh, I don't mess with y'all. Just leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Leave it alone. Yo, all I'm telling um, I'm just going to say be awesome stop because I know be awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking to. I can hear him in the background like, yo. I'm, I just, anyway, I'm hoping it's, it's, 
three seasons, man. Damn. Yo, Bull was straight up homegrown. He's from Philly, went to Penn Charter. They said he started, um, but he started back in like the 70s, like working in the ticket office or something like that. Yeah, he began his career right. as a team in 71, working in the ticket office and helping to run the scoreboard. He soon became the marketing director and then the director of sales. Then he became the team's executive vice president after the 81 season. Then he became the CEO, I mean the COO in 1992. He remained in that position until being promoted to general partner, president, and chief executive officer in 1997. After returning from his surgery in 2015, he was named chairman. And then a few days ago, he actually passed away. Like, yo, that's ascension. He went from the Diddy. That's the, the quote unquote American dream. For the team that you rooted but for all your life. Too. That's crazy. I think it's dope because we don't see that no more anywhere. Like I think it's dope when I see people that like might work at a Acme or a Pack Mart that started to like bagging groceries and then thirty years later they're running like some of them or something like that. Yeah, like I think regional manager at Acme. <laughs> we just don't see that no more because cats be out. Like it's like yo, everybody is. I mean, even even you want to make the parallel to sports. Yo, it's like who who got a bigger bigger bag and where is it better for me to live? We going we going anywhere for a chink. And who got the stronger? And who got the strongest baggers? I want to go work with them. Yeah, so it's it's, <laughs> it's not even. It, so it, it trans it transcends sports. Like you won't see stories like that anymore. Because even even like sports executives be like, yo, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, and even if you end up in a place where you rooted all your life, it's because you it's because you came back. You probably ended up being an athlete. And then once it was over, you go back and they give you a chance. Kind of like tomorrow, Jr. Um, but but this dude, like his whole life, he's been in this organization from the door. Yo, like, but it's, it's, selling it's, tickets, it's running the scoreboard. It's a culture change. It's such a culture change that even when, um, like, with the whole liquor situation with them, like, looking for a president, and you you watch like the uh, the insiders and they tell you that there's cats like the guy in Toronto or a couple people who were already planted with the team have a pretty secure job. And they were like, yo, all they got to do is ask and they'll leave. Like the boy right. from Toronto who um who's been very good at his job. They say he's just waiting for the call. Basically, I'm like, damn, like, but you pretty much have built something and you're very successful. Yeah, people be trying to get up out of Canada, though. Um, <laughs> shout out to Toronto, man. Love that city. Shout out to the Poutine and the Poutang. It's um, funny. I remember, I remember as a young boy, right, when, when Vince Carter used to complain about his taxes. And I, I understood it, but I didn't understand it like the way I do now. Like, looking now, I see what he was saying. Like, he's making right. a practice of what his, uh, his contemporaries are because he was getting taxed like crazy. Just because he got sent to that damn team across the board. At least there was one saving grace back then. You could at least say, well, at least they ain't got me in Vancouver. At least it wasn't a Grizzly. Yeah. (laughs) That's like you got the tax ramifications and you just got a terrible franchise, terrible organization (laughs) playing with teammates. Plus plus Toronto lit. Like Toronto was a dope city, period. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so we yeah we don't have any much in the way of this, so we can give our quote of the week and our stat of the week in the same, in the same breath. 
All right, our stat of the week plus quote of the week both come from Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie Irving, after game three of, you know, the series that they just got finished off in versus the Bucks, and we'll talk a little bit about that as a whole later, but after game three, he said, quote, from this point on, I don't think you'll see another eight for 22. He followed that up in game four by shooting seven for 22. So he wasn't wrong. Though. I mean, technically, <laughs> technically he was right. Um, I say he wasn't wrong, was he? Like, you know, technically Bar. he was right. I mean, he went out. I he mean, went out and missed another shot. Like oh, I, I told him, no more eights. So I gotta go ahead and brick this one. <laughs> Here, here's Yo. the thing, though. It, it was um. I, I mean, on one on one hand, you like look, go out and if you're gonna shoot, keep shooting. But he just didn't play well at all. And some of his shots, he was just like he was drawn. I think that um, people take that uh their 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 sessions with Kobe too, way too serious because they know that's what Kobe was. Mm-hmm. You know how we said, you know, you know how we credit Michael Jordan with messing the the modern game up a lot. I think Kobe might be crushing the buildings just as much. Like as usual, he's coming up behind his pop and and continuing yeah. that legacy. I think Kobe might yeah. be doing that just as well because everybody, I mean, everybody you see that they say worked out with Kobe, you know, they're very skilled. You know, Kyrie, yeah. uh, Beige Mamba out in Boston as well, uh, Jason Tatum, um, just people that they name, but you also see the mentality that they start to get. Because I don't even think it's Kobe in general, but it's what people perceive, quote unquote, Mamba mentality to be. So they think they got to go out there and clone him when, you know, if you look deeper and even if you ask Kobe, that might not even be exactly what Mamba mentality is, just like with Michael Jordan. He didn't go out to to crush the game on purpose, but the bar that he set and the understanding of what these players think you have to do in order to be like Mike is kind of, you know, backfiring on the on the game, per se. So, Jimmy, you said, but to you know, me- you said he was shooting a lot. Listen to what he said after that game. And Kyrie, much like Kevin Durant for a minute, much like Russell Westbrook, um, much like Kobe in his later years, he's starting to get into that mold where he's a total jerk-off when it comes to the media. So they asked him because during this game, he left before the final buzzer. So they, they asked him about leaving the floor early. His only answer was the game was over. Then they asked him about his shooting night. (laughs) (laughs) They asked him for a shooting night. Listen to this. He says, I'm trying to do it all. For me, the 22 shots, I should have had 30. I'm that great of a shooter. (laughs) Yeah. Word. So then, I actually actually saw the press conference. And the funniest thing about it is not even just what he said. It's the grumpy, it's the grumpy, uh, like, uh, way that he said it. Like, he was acting as if they were just really bothering him. Like, like, leave me alone. Like, yeah. His whole demeanor and saying that <laughs> and, was hilarious. And the vein of those, those other players, I think. So then he started breaking it down for him. And I guess, you know, Kyrie, when he talks, he always tries to sound like he's extra deep, but it just comes off as like Keith Murray raps. He said, when the ball doesn't go in the rim. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> he said, when the ball doesn't go in the rim, the energy of the basketball can translate to the other end as well. That's just basketball one-on-one. <laughs> That's a choice that we have to make. And just being more communicative, it's a natural thing as an individual when your shots aren't going in 
and be thinking about that shot as you go down in the defensive position. It can take you out mentally and the other team is running, especially in the playoffs where possessions are magnified unbelievably. It's been a consistent thing for us that we haven't made shots and the defensive end of the floor is taking lapses. But it just can't happen going forward. We have no choice. At this point, it's do or die. Next game, you know they the crazy lost. Part about They're it? out of the playoffs. One, two, three, Cancun. Here's the thing about Shout it. Shout out to Barkley. The thing about it is Kyrie is very articulate, and he's, and he's very well-spoken. Um, and when you hear him talk, like, I understand. He's always he's the smartest guy in the room. One, but one of the things that you recognize as you grow and, and, and you mature is that sometimes saying le- the smartest people actually say less. He could have said that. He he could have he could have literally said that you know sometimes it, it it hurts you on the defensive end if their shots not falling, and that's saying mm-hmm. the same thing. Instead of like <laughs> him pontificating, but he said a bunch of he, he said a bunch he of flat earth mambo jahambo. <laughs> nah, nah, you had it right. You had it right. He is the analogous Keith Murray of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, he went. He went. He went full Smith on this instead of just saying like you know because what he said makes sense and it is obvious like sometimes when your shots not falling it can it's affect just, you on the other side. It's just but Mambo Jambo like, to an NBA audience like they not they like what yeah, like, yeah. but the thing it's, is it's funny most because beautiful like so thing in the world he, but he's grumpy but he speaks well so it's kind of weird like it, it's 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 comical actually I think I think that it's his preferences in his past series. But this you know what? When you're when you're grumpy and you're well spoken, Jim. When you're grumpy and articulate, it just makes you sound that much more condescending. It does, <laughs> and, and that's what makes about it funny. We've all been there because... before. We've done it with people plenty. We've done that to yeah. people plenty of times, where we're in a back and forth with people, but we start using big words, <laughs> long diatribes, and really, you're doing that to to play them out because you know, like. The person I'm yeah. talking to, I really, I know they don't really understand what I'm saying, <laughs> and that's the whole point. Of it. Or, or, or you just go to Austin and write a, a six page You using words that I don't understand. I'm a ticket of disrespect. Yo, but 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 Kyrie is a piece of work, man, and it, it, his press conferences that past series, um, more entertaining than his games, actually. The thing about it is all these people with this, this, this Kobe mentality that just want to, like, you know, go out shooting and all that. The one thing it has done is it makes me appreciate the guys who, like, play a different way. Like, when you watch um, Giannis or when you watch uh, Kawhi and how efficient and how like, – and, and, and that's the thing. Like, sometimes people people love to score. Everybody always loves to score. But sometimes people love scores so much that they miss the beauty of the game. When you see someone who can play within the flow of the game, pick their spots, and be just as dominant. It's like that. It's a beauty in basketball that I think a lot of people miss. And I'm like just conversating with people. They love the people that go out there and it's a gun, which is cool. But what about the scores? Yeah, I mean, seven and be you know fifty percent. Listen, I respect. I respectfully disagree. No, um, I, I think that that what you're saying is. is it holds merit in the overall when you, when you look at basketball overall, but with Kyrie specifically, I definitely see a lot of Kobe. And what I see is their path or they believe their path to greatness has to come through them demonstrating just at 
just how great and at what pinnacle they can take their skill level in order to cement in your mind how great they are. It's not good enough but, to hit the shot. Yeah, but see, I got a tween, tween, tween. When it comes to Kyrie. Because Kyrie, to me, Kyrie comes off as wanting to be Kobe, but not really. that's not really his personality. An example of that would be him coming out First saying, of all, that's, that's uh, not really that, even his Now time. I know what it means. <laughs> he can't him, even him, him, him apologizing. Him apologizing to LeBron saying, yeah, you don't know what it means to be a leader. And, you know, that and Kobe would have never did that. Kobe would have yeah, never, that disqualified even if, him. Even, even, even if Kobe would have recognized that and felt that way, he would have never expressed it. That's the difference. The difference is. From a different cloth. I don't admit any. I don't point. admit LeBron is a better basketball player than me. I'm not only playing on the playground. And that's what I'm saying. So, so, so therefore, I think his comes off a, is a little different. He's like. He has a little mama mentality, but he's also mixed in with a little uh, 2019 um, emo. He's an emo Drake. mamba. Yeah, he's an emo, emo, emo mamba. Emo mamba. Emo mamba. Emo mamba. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, though, because I don't know. I, I, I've heard a lot of pundits recently, especially this week, say that Kyrie is just not as good as he thinks he is. That may be the truth. I, Harry is a highly no, but skilled. No, that's true about everybody. <laughs> I know, I know, but, but he's a highly, he's a highly skilled basketball player, one of the most skilled players in the league. But skills doesn't always um, result Bro, in impact, translate. and I think that's the difference. Like Man, you can have all the the attributes and the skills that you could possibly have, but you're not impacting the game the same way. And Ray Allen, Ray Allen had all the skills in the world, and he wanted to cross dress in three. I, it, it's a conversation I've been having with Court all week. I don't care what your attributes are like, if you're not doing it. Like, you, it, at, at some point, you have to show and prove. You can be the most skilled person. It's like you guys have been in the gym where you see somebody, like, warming up, and they, like, knocking down everything. They're crossing everybody over there. Once the game starts, it's like, you have to Where that go? Right. Okay. No, okay. and that's and that's you know what I mean. Like, speaking of that, like that's what I see in the kids. Jason, all his workout videos from the summertime, and you're like, all right, he got that with his game, and you know he's doing a lot with with a little bit of motion and he's smooth with it. And he looks so skilled, and then he comes back with all of this praise and everything, and you know he has a season that's no better than the season he had last season. Um. Even with similar numbers, I would go out on a limb and say it was much worse. Because, you know, you, Listen, you were man, looking for him to blow up the way that everybody was talking about him. So, he it's has like, it's like the tools, he has the skills, but about impact, man. It's, it's like when a quarterback is injured and a new guy comes in and he's like balling out of control. And then he plays a couple of games and they get some tape on him and they scheme right. for him. Right. And then he, then he looks like the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, everything's cool, but then when you got somebody that's, like, preparing for you specifically and has, has picked up on, like, you know, the nuances of your game, then things change. It's cool in the summertime when you're working out, but when you got grown that are just as fast, just as strong at the highest level, specifically in the playoffs, defending you, things change. Yeah. Yeah, especially, especially when you play the same position as that that beast over in Milwaukee. 
I saw him trying to guard Giannis, and it just wasn't it wasn't funny. I felt sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his of his genetic. His homie in the same for his homie in the same position though. Ben Simmons out there playing his heart out, trying to defend Kawhi Leonard, and by you know by real purist basketball accounts, like he's not doing a lot of things wrong. I mean, sometimes he gets caught out there doing something stupid, trying to gamble or being lazy after the pick came. But for the most part, he's out there defending this dude pretty well. But Kawhi is just busting yeah. his ass. Sometimes Listen, it man, doesn't matter. It's like I, yo, <laughs> Great I offense, Trump straight defense there. sometimes. When, when I watch Kawhi play, he's the best player in the world, and that, that's bar none. Like, but it's just that when <laughs> I don't watch him play, I forget that he, I forget he exists. But when he's on or that just court. At, or after the game, oh, after oh, you're impressed, oh, you wake up the next morning like. Yeah, as soon as the game is over, I forget anything he did. But while we're watching the game, he looks like the best player I've ever seen play basketball. Got to do it shoot. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, does this, does this mute miss? Like, <laughs> this dude don't yo, miss. And, it's fun. and he's not I, taking I, I a bunch a of easy today. shots. This won't miss. Yo, I sent you a video today, right? And, um, and I actually watched that whole 20-minute video. Uh, you show the kind of life I got. But I watched that whole 20-minute video with him and Serge Ibaka. And... Kawhi is like a funny dude, like, but he's like a a, a, a real dry humor type dude. Well, he tried but to tell y'all that, man. He, he tried to tell you he was a. He funny literally dude. don't, but but he literally doesn't care about anything but basketball and hanging with his family. Though he was like, "Yo, I need no so I just want to work on my game. Like, I want to work on my game, and then like you know, chill with my wife. Like that's basically what he said. Like he don't care. About he got anything. a wife. He don't care about social media. Yeah, he got a chick. He's got a chick. He's been with since like high school. Yeah. But uh, because right, he's afraid but, um, to talk to anybody else, so he just gonna. Yo, but that. the ball is not, like if you care about basketball, that's the thing. Like he's a basketball head. That's all he does is try to get better. Boy asked if he got social media. He said for what? He was like, everything I do, y'all gonna post about anyway. So why I even gotta be on there? Hey, I mean, he's not social though. What do you need the media for? All right, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so, real quick, y'all know what it is. Y'all can uh, check out our website at warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, just dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Just press 1 when prompted. If you already listen from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. We're about to get into some, some stuff that happened this week while y'all were on the grind. I couldn't wait for this. While this you is on the grind? This is going to be fun. Why you were on the grind is brought to you by Sports the Book, the greatest sports book ever written. Listen, make sure you copy it. Stop playing yourself. You can get it at two places, sportsthebook.com or go to our hub, which is warroomsports.com. It's a mixture of sports, hip-hop, comedy. It's a great book, but that's Sports the Book. But it's time to talk about what happened this past week while you were on the grind. Uh... The first story are two convicted in the college basketball corruption trial. So it, it seems like there's always a ba- college basketball corruption trial. Like at, at some point, like like the gig has had to be up. Every year it's a basketball, college basketball corruption trial, isn't it? Hello? My bad, my bad. I muted out. 
Um, I was saying that the yeah, this one we know that a lot of dudes who just recently got drafted and a lot of dudes who will get drafted, you know, this this summer have their names plastered all over this one. But on Wednesday, like like Jimmy was saying, uh, the federal jury in a new in New York convicted aspiring agent Christian Dawkins. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and former former Adidas consultant Merle Cole for their roles in bribing basketball assistant coaches to influence their players to sign with Dawkins' new sports management company and certain financial advisors once they turn pro. Um, They said the jury deliberated for parts of three days before convicting these two. Uh, Dawkins was found guilty of bribery and conspiracy to commit bribery, and Cold was convicted of conspiracy uh, to commit bribery. Dawkins have been facing six total charges, and Merle Cold was facing four. So this is just the convic- conviction. I don't know once this goes to uh, sentencing, sentencing, I don't know exactly what they're facing. But, yeah, like Jimmy said, it seems like something's always going on um, in the realm of college sports, especially college basketball and this kind of stuff. So, um yeah. I'll be mad as hell. I'll be mad as hell if I it's went a lot to jail for bribery. Mad as hell if I go to no. jail for bribery in a country that has uh, something known as lobbying. What's the, the difference? <laughs> but anyway, it's I know. Over there. <laughs> no. um, like the the highest offices can be attained, <laughs> and and the the most things but can you get done in bribery. the government because literally um, <laughs> bribery. I'm just trying to sell like, some Adidas, man. They hate me, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, man, um, kicks, the next story is about y'all clients. Yeah, <laughs> the Calibanasian, uh Earl Woods, a.k.a. Tiger Woods, was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by his uh, his brother and smut, Donald J. Trump. Smut <laughs> 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 <My> brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You hear the kind of keywords so, Trump was using in this whole thing, man. First of all, why'd they dress alike? Did y'all notice that? Yeah. They had all like I same think color suit, same color tie. Like, we're taking this a little Smart bit. brother. So if you don't know, the, the Presidential Medal of Freedom um is the highest civilian uh, honor that you can get from the president of the United States. It's not absurd because it was given to an athlete because this is not the first time that this award or this honor has been bestowed upon an athlete, but, but usually like it's we know that has some, sort of, it's usually an athlete that has some sort of division or does some sort of work outside of their right. sport. He he just did it because not he won and he hadn't won I in just, a long time. I just don't, yeah. Maybe Tiger I does think, do a lot of stuff in the community. I just, I just know, I don't know about it. Yeah, but that don't have anything to do with why he – Trump has yet to say that that's why he was giving it to him. He said uh, – because actually Tiger's the fourth golfer to earn this distinction, and of course he's the youngest. Now, Trump said during the ceremony, he said Tiger was back on top. <laughs> he said, this evening, we're in the presence of a true legend, an extraordinary athlete who, was tra- who has transformed golf and achieved new levels of dominance. He's also a great person. He's a great guy. But the fact, the reason why Tiger's story is such an interesting one is because 
quote unquote not being a great guy derailed his career. So <laughs> because you were looked at a, from a lot of people as POS, because you come back and win the Masters some 11 years later, that makes you a great guy all of a sudden? Or is it because these guys have been friends for years? Can you imagine that they can you imagine the heights that Tiger would have reached if they let him just, just hold? Like, when he, think about how he was when he was out there, you know, I could be Tiger and stay on a steady diet of Myra's. Oh my God. <laughs> Yo, my man was, when he was letting Tiger, Tiger, man, he was out there killing it. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, Tiger showed up, you know, with matching outfits. Looking real suspect, but so Tiger anyway, man. Yo, um, yeah. did you guys hear what Gilbert Arena said about Vince Carter? Like basically, Vince Carter's coming back for his twenty-second season, and instead of Gilbert saying, "Man, that's dope, congratulations," he basically was like, "Yo, you holding up a spot with your old." Man. He didn't use those particular <laughs> words, but that's what he was saying. He's like, you know, every he's like every year you stay around, every year you stay around, you're gonna roster spot because you're Vince Carter. But there's like a young hungry guy who's not getting a job, basically because you're blocking it. Right. And I think it's some truth to that. I I, I think it's some truth to that. It's kind of, it's one of those you can kind of see both sides because Vince Carter. But I'm, Vince, is, but I'm supposed to say I'm gonna be mad at that. Right, right. You like if you're looking at it from Vince Carter's perspective, you're like, okay, because there's a young hungry dude out here. That mean I'm supposed to ch- stop my checks if somebody's still willing to pay yes. me. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have Chatty Patty counting his money like, oh, Vince got enough money. He don't need to do that. But hey, he must have the love. He must not mind getting a paycheck for seven points a game. And he must not mind playing for teams like the Atlanta Hawks. And he's still better than Robert Orton. Here's the great thing about basketball, right? Like, if I'm Vince, I I tell him in the words of Sean Carter, man, come and get me. Because my thing is, if there's a young boy, beat me out for the spot. Because if there's a young boy that's going to beat me out for the spot, they don't care that I'm Vince Carter. They'll be out. They'll do what uh, Dallas did the dirt. They'll announce retirement before I say I'm doing it. But like, you know what? That's what, <laughs> that, that's what, that's what um, he said. That's what Gilbert actually said, though. He said when it comes down to, you know, a young, hungry player who might be better than Vince Carter at this point, he says sometimes they're going to go with the name because, you know, you're Vince Carter. I don't really see that being the case because what does having the name Vince Carter do for you or your franchise right now? And he's playing yeah, on teams ago. like, yeah, Atlanta's not a threat, you know. So I, I can yeah, see, I can see bring, what you're bringing nobody to the arena. He ain't bringing nobody to the arena no more. I, it's it's a little truth in it, but at the end of the day, like this is this is when it comes to sports, and that's that's the key thing when you think about football or basketball that every year there are people coming in to basically replace other people's jobs. Like, you go to a draft party as a professional athlete, you're, you should be cheering for your replacement. And, 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 but that's one of the beauty things of it. Like, if I'm good, I'm going to – listen, teams want to win. They might hold on Vince Carter in his 22nd year if a young boy that's better than him. See, yeah, but Vince, I think it's – Here's the thing, though. Vince, Vince hasn't been terrible, though. Yeah, I mean, he's playing limited minutes, getting limited stuff, so he looks okay in his limited minutes. Yeah, exactly. But every dunk, team... Hit dunk once a month. They'll make a big I'm, deal about it like it was a hot dog. Because yeah, these are my thoughts. Like Jimmy said, like nobody's nobody's keeping Vince because you think he's putting butts in the seat. Th- those days have passed. And on 
my first thought was also to say, well, teams ain't really keeping Vince to help them win either because that ain't really going to happen. But then when you think about it, there are a lot of teams, well, not a lot, but there are some teams out there that's chock full of young talent that could use a veteran there to kind of teach these guys the cliche how to be professionals. I know the Philadelphia 76 is one of them, a very talented team with pretty much immature leadership. They could use an old-ass Vince Carter who won't hang them up just sitting on the bench doing, doing nothing my thing but, is, but talking and teaching. You know what I mean? So I, so I can see how the Atlanta Hawks fans, could benefit from that if that's where he's going to back to. Listen, Trace Dell has literally said in multiple interviews how Vince Carter has helped him. He said, talked about helping with um, managing his money, um, how to talk to the media, how to be like, you know, how to when, talk when, to when girls. No, so he's he's literally said this though. He said that um, in multiple interviews how Vince has helped him like um in his first year when he didn't start off the way he thought he would, how he sat down and talked to Vince and like Vince helped him get on track. Like so Vince is actually doing exactly what Dev said, even on a terrible team, he's still somehow contributing. But at the same time, man, look, come and get me. If I were and I and I, cause at the end of the day, Vince did put in work in his league. So he earned the right if if you you know, if you want to look at it from that perspective too. I put in 22 years. Yeah. Now, this is the thing. I haven't heard, you know, if Atlanta's going to re-sign him or not. Like, I just hear Vince say, I'm coming back for my 22nd year. Like, first of all, how the hell you know somebody wants you? But maybe, you know, something went down (laughs) that I don't know about. Maybe. I got to check. Maybe he's under contract. I don't know. (laughs) But, um. This guy got a player option. Vince Carter and anything other than one year deals, they better not. Yeah. And, and, Vince, and when you think about it, once you're a veteran at a certain point, you know, the veteran minimum is pretty good. So if you can yeah, average seven point points, play, play like 12 minutes and make a, a pretty good salary, like it's hard to tell somebody you know, roll out. Like, Gilbert is always the one. It's easy for Gilbert to say because, as he always bragged about, you know, he got an extra $66 million sitting in his bank account for nothing. 17 million. He, he didn't even play. You know, he just got a free paycheck and and left the league and never came back. So it's kind of easy for him to tell people to hang things up, you know, when these dudes Listen, throughout man. their whole career had to earn their keep. So... Listen, man. In the word, in the words of the great, the great philosopher Chuck D, man, everybody counts your income, but don't nobody count your expenses. Um, and if I'm Vince, the the day I hang it up, I'm calling Ice Cube and going after Gilbert in the Big Three. He gonna get this work. Although I don't know. You if won't get, get this work. work. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Gilbert got a Gilbert got a nut. Gilbert's squad is a little nuts, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I know Swaggy P gave Gilbert that work allegedly they played, so who knows what Gilbert still got still has no, left in the tank. I saw the tape. But, I saw the footage. Yeah. But anyway, man, one of the biggest stories this past week took place at uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk. First of all Probably the biggest story. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. I actually watched most of her episodes. Jada actually has this unique ability to get people to um like open up, say dumb shit. and I think probably because <laughs> <Just> say dumb. <laughs> probably, probably because she opens up herself about her insecurities and how she feels, so it makes it makes the people sing across her 
do the same. Um, but the biggest controversy that set social media and, and just everything ablaze this week was uh, Aisha Curry, the wife of uh, Steph Curry, two-time MVP, um, one of the Splash Brothers and a, um, a brother who don't seem to get shape-ups. But uh, she was on the Red Table Talk, and she was talking about the amount of attention that uh, Steph gets from Satiana and how sometimes it makes her jealous because she, she doesn't get the same attention from men. I got um, the quotes. And I've seen people, yeah, give me the, give the examples. So people took this all kinds of different ways. But go ahead, Jeff. All right. So here, here's the quotes, at least the big quote, because what I what, what I implore people to do is what, you know, my wife had me do. I mean, and she wasn't doing this to defend the chick or, or anything. She just wanted me to be fully armed when I came on here and talked about it publicly, you know, because I had seen the clips. I had read the quotes and all that kind of stuff, but she made sure I sat down with her and watched the entire episode because she's a fan of the show anyway. The only full episode I've ever seen was the Will Smith joint because I wanted to see him and Jada get on and talk that Keith Murray talk. Um, but here's the, the, the <laughs> quote that got everybody, got the internet going up in arms all week. She said, something that really bothers me and honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of insecurity is the fact that, yeah, there are all these women like throwing themselves, talking about at stuff, but me, like the past 10 years, I don't have any of that. I have zero. This sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then I begin to internalize it, and I'm like, is something wrong with me? Um, when she said that, you know, Jada and even her mother-in-law, because Steph's mom was sitting right next to her, you know, they were reassuring her like, oh, nothing's wrong with you. Don't Don't ever think that. You're just not, you know, you're just not looking. You don't know. Yeah, and, you know, they were trying to, yeah, they were trying to reassure and all that kind of stuff. But the the internet, when they got these clips and these comments, they were it it, it was a blaze. But I'll tell you this: I was here for the memes, the jokes, all of that. <laughs> all here of for all of but I, you know, but I have a a pretty deep perspective on all of this kind of stuff. I, I personally don't think I don't think what she not said, I don't think what she thinks is out of the ordinary. I think it's human nature for you to always, you know, maybe secretly want attention from the the opposite Listen, sex, man. no matter what your situation is, even if you don't plan on acting on it or anything like that. Everybody does a check every once in a while to see if they still got it. The the thing Listen, that, where I think she went wrong is going on a public forum and saying this, knowing that, you know, the masses, they might have a hard time understanding your perspective or understanding you all saying it out did, loud. All she did was increase Steph's box offerings exponentially over the next few months. No, but... but, but and her own. My perspective on this, my perspective on this is I don't think there was anything wrong with what she said. I don't even think it was wrong on the platform. I think that it's to me it was kind of common sense. Like, I mean, the the, the need of belonging and one and to feel wanted was one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Outside of that, mm-hmm. Marty Marr told us a long time ago, man, he wanted to see if he still had it. Like, so mm-hmm. this is a danced on him. Yeah, yeah, he killed it. He bodied that one, by the way. But uh. Y'all remember that episode <laughs> when he like, took his ring off in the gym? Anyway, mm-hmm. but that's either here or there. Um, but the point <clears throat> is, I completely understood it, but I also understood that here's the thing with the internet. 
it don't matter what she said, 50% of the people would have been pissed off, 50% of the people would agree with her. Because the one thing that I did see, uh, all the jokes and memes, when um, I, when this broke a couple of days ago on Twitter, is half of the chicks was like feeling her, like, damn, I'm glad somebody said it. I feel that way too. And I never mm-hmm. wanted to, some people was like, I've seen celebrity chicks say I always didn't wanted to express that but didn't know how. So, and the fact of the matter is she's trying to build her brand outside of her husband, and she's done a good job on that, right? So this is a win for her, even with the jokes and memes. She's been trending for let's, three, four days. Let's unpack this. First of all, before we peel some more onions off this joint, when I say, you know, when I talk about the platform, I only say that in terms of, okay, I don't I like because I don't know her personally and I don't follow her or anything like that. I only see you know what you see on TV or whatever. If she's sensitive, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and you know if what is on her social media site on the internet, if that bothers her, then I think that's when the platform and and saying it out loud becomes a problem. But she put out an Instagram post, I think it was either today or yesterday, kind of answering all the backlash where she very articulately basically wrapped it up and said in a lot of words, I said what I said. Then I was like, okay, she's cool with it. So really like, so that can just scratch the whole thing from the record as far as, yeah, as far as, as far as it saying, you know, as far as me saying uh, something about the platform, that scratches that out because she doesn't care. Uh, um, I was just saying, saying it publicly and all the backlash is going to cause from a whole lot of people. If that bothers you, if you're sensitive to that, then saying it was a mistake. But she on her, you know, articulate. I said what I said. Saying <laughs> so, what you said. Now, um, I, I think as a as um a married person, um, this is just this is just human nature. Um, do you want to articulate it in social, uh, in social media where the echo chamber has the IQ, not the IQ, but the maturity of a 13 year old, eh, maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, like you say, Matt, uh, the hierarchy of needs, belonging, being desired. I mean, every, everybody, everybody wants and needs that. However, I would say also understand and she probably does but understand what the consequences and repercussions of your words are in the context of your husband and what oh, he deals yo. with B I was waiting for you to finish to ask you and, and, and Jimmy that my, that was my next question to you guys were going to be okay if you were Steph if you were her husband or if, you know you guys wives said something like this in a very public forum where everybody's going to see it and everybody's going to know, how would that make you feel? Would you be I, a little embarrassed by it? Because you, know, you know they're going to, you know, people going to be coming at wouldn't your neck too. It wouldn't trip. I wouldn't trip or be like, oh my God, how could you? I would just look at her side eye like, damn, babe, what you, what you talking about? Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal because we probably would have already had these conversations and I'd be aware Listen, of her feeling. But we I, all she would also know what the response was going to be from the point. See that that's the thing that, that, that I put out there. It's like and I know it's it's conjecture on our part, but it's also we're intelligent people. So you know what some of the response is gonna be and if you're cool with it, cool. And if you think I'm cool with it, 
but let's talk about it in cool, but you know when you say something like that, what the response of the peanut gallery is going to be. So are you ready for that? I yeah, I'm, but to I'm, me, you know, if, if it's me, I'm like, oh, so you're human. Like to me, some of the right. most listen, um, some of the most insecure women I've ever would have talked to in my life are some ones who who society would deem the baddest women. Oh they're yeah, the most insecure people. the most insecure people in the world. The most insecure how they look. Their life yeah. and their living comes it, the way they. But they're the most insecure people in the world. So the so the fact that it matters, like I think, but I think most people are insecure. I think all of us as humans are insecure. Like, in, in keeping it in keeping it with sports, Michael Jordan, who most people could great, Michael Jordan is insecure, which is why after dominating, he doesn't know how to, he still want to go in on people when he's going into the Hall of Fame. That's his insecurity. Like, yeah. I, I, so to me, I think it kind of makes you human. But I, I think we also hit the nail on the head, like. As long as you're willing to deal with what comes with it, because you know what the peanut gallery is going to say, I think that if you want to live a transparent life, if you want to be be rabbit and put put your insecurities out there, as long as you can right. deal with what comes with that, I'm for it. I'm for that because I think if more people were honest about themselves, I think all of us are insecure. No I, doubt. You know and what she wrote in response tells you she's like, you know, I don't mind being vulnerable, um, and I encourage other people to do it. But it, it it's still a legitimate concern, legitimate question. Like sometimes when you do and say things like this, you might be living your truth out loud, but you you do have to take into consideration, you know, that there's somebody else involved here. Like Steph, but I, she may I have opened it. him up to a lot of disrespect, you know, by saying this. Not even just with the jokes. This, let me let me. I'm going to tell you all, I'm going to just give you all some stuff from all the conversations I've pretty, seen or been in throughout sure, the past week. I'm pretty sure CP, I'm pretty sure CP3 said something last night. He <laughs> had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a dirty dude. He probably did. But I'm talking about the real stuff, though. First of all, I'm pretty sure her, her DMs was off the hook this week because she kind of, you know, this not what she was actually doing, but there's going to be idiots out there who take that as an invitation. You know what I'm saying? So I'm pretty yeah. sure her DMs were filthy this week. That's one thing. <laughs> but another thing, <laughs> and a lot of women, you know, some some women, because actually I heard this perspective from from women, but some women might not like it. They were talking about kind of the differences between men and women as far as respecting the sanctity of marriage goals and stuff like that. Like, man, Chris Rock told you from what I've. Oh, yeah, and, and you're right, Jim. Chris Rock made a joke about it. It's kind of like we've watched over the years, especially when it comes to this sports thing, like the term groupie, like I don't want to be the one to break it to you. I don't, I'm just a messenger, so don't kill me, but the term groupie did not start with the WNBA. It wasn't because dudes was out there acting a the fool over <laughs> the over famous women or anything like that. Yo, Yeah. Real quick. Real quick, someone built a million-dollar business called Baller Alert, who was a chain uh-huh. of women let, alerting each other when there was an NBA or baller close by, what they were going to be in. And they built that out in a blog and a business. That's a million-dollar business now. That's I was about to say, that makes it a whole groupies. lot of money. Yeah, groupie alert, groupies. pretty much. But, but, but the, point now, is, the point is – So like, do y'all think it's anything to what – you know, that sentiment that in, in his joke and the sentiment 
of, you know, kind of what I'm describing, what people, men and women have said, kind of like men don't really lust after, at least not publicly. Like, it's not that men might not have an affair, you know, with a married chick or something like that, but they're not it's publicly like- lusting after women who everybody knows is married. And on the other hand, and it's not all women, so if you do not fit this shoe, do not put the shoe on. But we know, I mean, you can just look on Instagram and see the the low self-esteem. This is, like Jimmy said, these are the chicks who probably would be deemed the most beautiful, who out there showing their bodies, trying to get the attention of these dudes, and they don't mind shooting their shot because Aisha Curry said herself that there was an instance when a chick jumped into their car with them, trying to get at Steph, jumped into their car. A dude's not going to do that. And, of course, there's exceptions to every rule, but there's no dude that's going to do that. So it's kind of like when Steph's in the building with his chick, even if you think his chick is cute, you're going to kind of fall back. You're not going to be lusting over her. But, But according to her, when they're out, there's a lot of women who don't know their role. And she has to step in there's sometimes so many, and introduce herself and stuff like that. There's so many layers to this story, right? Because, you know, I, I was in this conversation with my wife last night. I was I asked her flat out, do you think that that um that men are more respectful of of a union than women? Basically, what you just asked us, at least publicly. Um, because I was always <laughs> I was always curious to that. Because the funny thing is, like, because she always tells me, like, like. She, yeah, she has this thing where she says that sometimes like a woman will say something that that most men won't even, won't even understand that a woman is like coming in like she basically that women are devil like they're evil like women are evil they're they're you know not all women See, don't want anybody to say that I'm no toxic masculinity right. and but, the thing is that women, I got the same perspective from a woman so I, we we just gotta let y'all exactly. know that like this is coming from yeah but, women. but the thing don't is don't get mad at us like. People are letting y'all secrets listen, out of space. They're mad at y'all for spilling the game. So, so what was listen, this Chris, Chris Rock? Y'all all married, man. And y'all know that. I, I told my wife sometimes. I said, sometimes having a real one is a magnet. Like, chicks will come at you. Mm-hmm. But if you find out, like, in, in 20 minutes, I'm, I'm be Anyway, all I'm saying is <laughs> that I think there's something to that part which makes this conversation even crazier. There's so many layers to this conversation. So I see, like I said, I think that half of this stuff is support for her. And another thing that I saw, like the perception of the Currys, like, you know, he's a good Christian guy, the, 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 the nice guy, family is always there, mother, father, his wife. Like, so some people took the perspective of, wow, like this insecurities, they seem to have the perfect life and they still go through, you know, Having these insecurities when, for most accounts, people would seem that she think that she has a perfect life, quote unquote. No one has a perfect right. life, but you know, it was kind of so, like some people was like, "Wow, so she she still deals with stuff." Yeah, I think so, I think that what I'm this, paraphrasing this, real this, quick. This is let me anchor. paraphrase this joke. Okay. Let me paraphrase paraphrase this Chris Rock joke. He's basically saying something like, uh, "If dudes see a you know see a dude with a good woman." Like, the dude will either think or say to himself, like, I need to get me a woman like that. They said women, he said women see uh, another woman with a good dude, and she's like, I want that man. (laughs) He said that's the difference between men and women. And I, just because of that and just because of this situation, I asked a lot of my female friends, and a lot of them, you know, they caught to it as that being like, 
a, a womanly trait. Every woman I've asked. That's probably not going to stop us from getting in trouble, but. The principle of scarcity. You're not Why the only one. And be also hit it. Be also hit it on the head. Be also hit it on. Like by the time you, by, especially by the time you take up, how many of us say them in jail? How many of us back for the other team? Um, you know, by the time you, how many of us have been shot by the police? By the time you take all that into account, this slim pickin' dog. I got I got homies in Atlanta who will literally tell me like, yo, I can go out any day of the week and just like you know have my pickings of of, of baddies because. There are just not too many out here. No many. It's not enough men. So with that being said, when a chick finds somebody they want, they they narrow on them, you know. And again, this is not my perspective. For people try to kill me, this is I'm <laughs> taking his words from females I talk to, like literally have admitted to it. So this is brought up all kinds of different uh, interesting conversations by her saying that, which leads me back saying that this is all good for her. Other other um. Things that it's doing, peeling back another layer of onion, is having people throw old stuff back in her face. Now I've seen that before because yeah, we know I the no that. life crew. Once you say something, people are going to scan your social media for ten years just so they can come up with something to say about you. Say that you contradicted yourself, as if you know people can't change their views on things, and you know that many years. But one dude was like, he put up an old tweet of hers. And, and she and Steph were engaged at the time and she was at the car wash and she was saying something like, you know, it's a beautiful day. I'm at the car wash or getting a much needed, you know, wash to my car. Um, she said, but I can do without all the guys trying to holler. I'm engaged, blah, blah, blah. So one, so dude put that up and was like, oh, so I guess she said everything she said this week so she can go back to tweeting like this. Then they threw up one, <laughs> <laughs> the joint where she was telling people, you know, you don't have to be half naked out here and all of that kind of stuff. So of course they throw on throw up photos of her in like a rare scantily clad outfit. Like it's 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 just opening up people's we always talk about it. It's like social media people behind this these keyboards are so evil for no reason. It's like they're waiting for you, you know, to people, slip up. People are she so, looked too so wholesome to everybody, so now they're going to tear her down because she said she likes attention. That's why you have to tear down, game up. Stop to get your tear down on. But it doesn't matter, man. Like, no matter what you do is 50 50. Like, it doesn't matter whether you win the presidency. It doesn't matter whether you, 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 you can you can literally, like, save a baby from a burning building, and they'll find something negative about it. Like, that's just what <laughs> what it is man that's just what it is i've seen people i've seen people wish their mother like a long thing on mother's day how they love their mom and then people go in their comments like ain't say nothing for your dad on father's day i'm like yo first of all why do you know that and second of all like negative in everything shout out to neil in the uh chat room because she actually typed this right before you said it she was like i totally understood and related to what she said, even Martin took off his ring to see if he still had it. <laughs> it's exactly. like a classic episode. Everybody remembers that, man. Listen, man. Everybody. <laughs> so the thing is, and, and I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of people like so. A lot of people that like um that 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 kind of like resonated with them. Um, but I get the other side. Of it. But the thing here's another thing I feel about Dev. Like you talked about how would it affect Steph? I feel like if if I'm with someone and I'm married to them. 
they pretty much should know how I'll react to pretty much anything, especially if you've been in a relationship mm-hmm. as long as they have. So she right. probably knows how Steph will react to that. You know what I mean? Like she, she, I don't think she would go out there and say anything that would make him go off. You know what I mean? Although See, Jada, like I said, Jada does have the unique ability to like. Uh, but listen, Jim, that's a part of the the context that I'm trying to tell people. That's why I started off with the disclaimer that, like, as I was encouraged to. Everybody should go watch the entire episode because everything you just said is a part of the context within the episode because Jada specifically mm-hmm. asked him and it had nothing to do with her saying, you know, the comments that got everybody all up in arms. She specifically asked her about Steph and does he have a temper and all that kind of stuff. She talked about how humble and even he's a nice and, and he, he never blows up and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. She probably understands what his reaction would be. Um, the last onion I have to peel about this whole stuff is, is Steph related as well, because it's not just about people disrespecting Steph. It comes in the form of like, cause I had somebody, I was in a conversation this week where a woman asked a question about this whole thing. And her question was basically, you know, alluding, not even alluding, it was kind of insinuating that this all could stem from stuff that Steph's not doing for her, not giving her. So exactly. That's what I'm saying. And even though she didn't mean that in any way whatsoever, any form whatsoever, I've seen that in several conversations. So now for a portion of the population, this whole thing has come, has become a memorandum on how Steph treats his wife or, you know, the neglect that he might be showing her at home. And I don't think, and I'm pretty sure from watching the whole thing that it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. It just might be a little bit of an envious thing. My husband is an NBA superstar. Like, Steph ain't, you know what I'm saying? Steph ain't Don Juan with it, but because of who he is, because of what he can do, because he's always on TV, because he makes a lot of money, it don't matter what it, you know, it don't matter that he don't get shape-ups. People are going to be throwing themselves at him. So when you're with that all the time, and you're sitting here probably in your mind thinking like, yo, I look better than him. Like, why ain't nobody showing me no love? So I can understand as a human, like that could probably get to you, but I don't think this was any kind of commentary on what Steph does. And there's a lot of conversation going on about that right now. Like y'all can go to social media right now, just scan through your timeline. You're going to find at least two or three conversations where people are questioning if Steph has given her what she needs at home and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it had anything to listen, do with man. that. Listen, man, it, it, it's, it's not, that's ridiculous, man. That, that's utterly ridiculous. He he could be doing, in, again, no one's perfect. He could be doing everything right. Sometimes people like some other people, man. Listen, man, Sam Rothstein gave Ginger everything she wanted, and she still found her way to Lester Diamond because that's just what it is. Sometimes people <laughs> people want attention from other people, man. And that's a yeah, and we're getting the perspective from a woman because Neil in the chat room also said, as a married woman, I've had numerous insecurities throughout my marriage. Doesn't mean I love my husband less. Or I'm going to respond to the attention, but it's nice to know you're attractive to someone other than a person who loves you beyond your looks. So yeah, it's, listen, it's basically listen. human nature, man. And if, people if are just running wild. If we keep it, it, we keep it a bean, even as a dude, a married dude, if a, if a chick gives you a compliment in the street, you feel like, oh yeah, that's what's up, man. Yo, know, <laughs> I got on nice knees. And I'm I'm making that something else in my head. She really wants to be. 
Not the swoosh. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> no toxic. Like, All right. You got like me. Yeah, she wanted to. See, I'm saying that that might be a difference between men and women. Like we take compliments <laughs> the wrong way. Like <laughs> we take compliments the wrong way. Like, we're doing way too much when it comes to getting the compliment. Let's go to the phone line real quick, man. We got the homie Tobias on the line. Tobias, what's going on, man? Welcome to the war room. Damn, man. Damn. Hey, I was about to. Uh, I, hey, I actually thought the Lakers was going to win the championship before you got to my line. But anyway, what's going on, fellas? What's up, man? We got to get these sometimes, man. We got to get these under the That might never happen again, Tobias. The Lakers are a joke. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I put that in the group chat that, hey, there are a lot of dudes who don't respect LeBron's Savannah's merit. So we got to get that and take things in perspective, you know. Uh, But, 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 Tobias, to your point, right? How many. Another thing I told you, Aisha wanted to have her own brand. Outside of Savannah and Aisha, how many NBA wives do we even know? That's what I'm saying. And here's the thing. It's no knock on Aisha or Savannah. And it's, it helps like who their husbands are, not just the name, but the financial backing also to where they could take those risks and be more funded than, like, even my lady, she's starting a business. Obviously, she doesn't have that funding or that name to help her out as well. It's not knocking them. You take advantage of that gift that you got. But – I, no, I, I'm no, just I waiting that, to see. What I'm saying there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of NBA superstars who are married. We just don't know who's like who that I, mean, I know Russell Westbrook yeah. was married. Hey, here's one for you. Like y'all talking earlier, Scotty Pippen gave lost everything she wanted. She still got with future. But uh, <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. But, that's true. That's but, absolutely you know, true. You know, he bought her a plane and she messed with a mumble rapper. Yeah, and here's the thing, though, with insecurities. And I think what well, women don't get with no gas, when it comes to men. Yeah, you know, and I'm saying, you know, men and women, we aren't equal. And they keep thinking that we're equal. We're not, and life isn't equal in this regard. A lot of times, we we can see Aisha Curry on the street. We are in, we not even going to get at her like that because I'm like, hold on, she was a man who's making $200 million. What in the hell I'm going to do with her? What am I going to do for her? <laughs> you know? And uh and women, they don't have to yeah, have that. They could be pretty. Tobias, Tobias, you also got a sect of dudes that be like, oh, she got a man to make two of the land? I'm going to nail this shit. Like, so you got a, you got a bunch of scumbags like that, too, who will go after her just because. So I think yeah. that kind of evens out. And, and one thing, I'll say this. As a guy who like to pitch in and get the ball to serve like seven cats, you know, we flip the bill, whatever, the, the, the bouncers there at the tables will send women our way. They ain't going to send dudes to Beyonce. <laughs> you know, she's going to be secured out. And I think there's a lot of things right there. But one NBA thing I got to touch on real quick, right? Now, we, we've been saying in here that Boston's overrated, been overrated all year, and that Brad Stevens ain't the next version of Popovich. They need to slow down. The Milwaukee Bucks are for real, in my opinion. And, uh, and I think what happens is that they don't have to have four max guys. They actually have a good team built where they got the superstar guy and you're going to pay that super max too. But you have damn good players on that team who fit the team and fit that star in a good coach. Because people talk about, you know, Middleton. Now, I don't know how great y'all think he is, but damn, he's a good player all-star. Eric Bledsoe's a good point guard. He's a great on defense and will make a play like Steph Curry work because Steph can't hide. 
And I just think people aren't giving them – I don't know if they won the title, but this team's for real. And people, just because they never made it before, heck, you got to start somewhere in the NBA. Every championship team never made it before. But, you know, it's funny It's funny because I, I hear I people heard saying that. no one's giving them a chance. I hear more people saying no one's giving them a chance, and I hear people not giving them a chance. Like, they want to be games. And, and, I think we'd be in and I agree with the circles, point. man, because I hear people. Yeah, because I hear, like, I, I keep I've thinking never heard no one if I got to hear one more time that they made it to the conference final for the first time since 2001, like, I, I thought I was going to snap. I think people believe in Listen, it. Listen, but I think it's something to your point, Tobias, in, 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 in essence, that they, they it's not about just having, like, the best player. It's about having a team that fits around the guy you got. Because even when you watch Denver play, they're set up for – like for Jokic to, to to he wouldn't be that player on any other you know what I mean like so sometimes it's about getting the right pieces not just getting the best pieces that's a, um but so so I think that um, Milwaukee is the real deal because they have a team that that fits their strong suits they play defense better than any team in the NBA um they have a guy that gets to the hole at will and if you collapse on him they got guys surrounding him that can knock a three down like. They're a difficult team to beat. Yeah, and thing is, is that I've always said the key to Golden State that beating them, and people don't want to admit this. One, it seems like everyone expects these guys. Except the Cody won seventy three, went seventy three and nine when Obama was in office. <laughs> How long ago that was? It, you know, the team was different. They're expecting these guys just roll the balls out. But the one thing to get them is that you have a player that can attack Steph Curry. If you can't, if you can't hide Steph Curry. On defense, that's when they, that's when Cleveland gave them those problems in having players that could pester him. You're not going to stop him, but you can rough him up and pester him. But see, Houston could do that, but they want to keep jacking 55 threes a game, like like they're playing NBA Jam over here, instead of taking a two pointer and doing what hey, doing man. some other things. That's what I'm there. <laughs> you can't change the game in the ninth inning, but uh, do. You know, I, I, I get your point, but, uh, but you know, the thing about it is it's easy to say you could beat Golden State this way, but they are the two-time defending champs. Like, you know, let's not forget that. Too. KD does. Um, Should be three. But, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but yeah, you man. know what the thing is? I think what people are forgetting about, though, is that with these teams, even like Jordan, they keep saying the Bulls six titles, but those are two different teams, two different renditions. And I'm tired of everybody mm-hmm. thinking Horace Grant was on square like he never existed, by the way. But anyway, uh, but <laughs> no, and, and then I and I get that as well because these are de- this is definitely a different rendition of the Warriors, and because they're no longer Har- deep Harvey like had they more used games, to be, <laughs> as long because they're not as deep as they used to be, losing Kevin Durant could you know it hurts. that could be a, a yeah it hurts because- a lot. And it, it absolutely, you know, unless, it absolutely but the one unless thing, Harden pulls a Harden, like they have a chance to beat them twice in a row. Here's the one thing I do recognize, though. Here's the one thing I do recognize, right? Like watching that game yesterday when KD went out, they looked like the old Warriors. It's the first time they looked like right. the old Warriors to me in like three years. Sort of, they went back to not like, being dependent, more ball movement and all that. Yeah, kind of it's, it sort of feels like KD is so good that even as good as those guys are, when he's on the floor, they kind of defer to him. Once he was gone, they got back in their bag. Even Draymond started playing better. I was yo, where is it? If they play like this with KD, they might win 100 games in an 82-game season. Like, But you it's know like when I mean? KD's there, KD, KD is so good that they kind of, like, take a step back. You know what I think, though? I think they kind of – I think Steph 
in a way, kind of wants KD to leave because it could show, hey, I'm Steph Curry. Y'all forgot who I am. And KD will probably be like, hey, look, huh? I don't. I want people to stop talking about I only won because I joined this team. And so I, I, I think there are some things on both sides. Yeah. And, uh, and one thing, I, I know y'all got to run, but all right, people. The Boston Celtics, right? I know Philly fans are not shedding any tears over the Boston Celtics right now, but uh, <laughs> but can we be honest about Brad Stevens for a second? We know he's a good coach, but we, is it me or they kind of crowned this guy a little too early here? Tobias, that's what they do, though. Go I mean, that's what they do, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. You know what I'm saying? He's a good that's coach. Another thing. Like I I I don't think he should have been crowned that quickly in the first place. But if he if we are going to crown him, I don't think that we decrown him just because they lost this series. Nah. You know what I'm saying? So it so it depends on how you look at him. But you know there will be Listen, a lot man. of people who who put him on that pedestal and who are going to be ready to knock him down trying, because of this. I'm not but he has to, a new situation as to, well. He had a different job last season. But, but, go ahead, go ahead. but this last season, he had to deal with – I'm not trying to defend him, but this last season, he had to deal with those. First of all, you had a team where guys were coming to their own, like a Rogier or even a light-skinned Mamba. And then you and tell they them were they willing to, take a step to listen. Because, yeah, <laughs> you tell the them now you got to take a step back. Yo, because Rogier, when I watched him at the end of the, um, the press conference last night, at the end of the game, he sounded almost elated. Like, he literally said out of his yeah. mouth – I had to sacrifice more than go. anybody. Like so, I don't, he said, "I don't." He's like, "I don't care what nobody say. I sacrifice more than anybody." And right. He's basically so saying, think, "He said I'm one of the top guards in this league, and this ball came yes, back, that's and the I exact had to, word. You know, I had to turn into a bum." You know, yeah, he said, "You know, you know, you said know I'm one of the guys. top guards at NBA. Like this is this is his thought." So yeah. I mean, I mean, he drawn had a difficult job trying to manage them Eagles, and you, Gordon Hayward stinks now. Like, when this, See, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. That's what I was hold on, hold on, that's what I was gonna say. Like like Brad Stevens has a new problem this year. He had that last year because of what Jimmy just laid out, like, dude, the Eagles weren't crazy. They they listen, you know, everybody bought in so they overachieved. Then you bring these high paid dudes back, especially Kyrie, who's not really trying to bend to the coach's whim. And we all know a part of the cliche is, you know, a great is not just about the X and O's. It's about how he manages egos and stuff like Manage that. Egos. But that's the thing. This is the first year that he's had that problem. So we don't know if he's presented with this problem again that he won't adjust, you know, and, and come back and be able to handle it better with a year of experience under his belt. So I'm not ready to just diss him and, and, now that they and, lost. But and, I also wasn't ready to them, crown him be just because of what they did last season. The Lakers, the Lakers are a, a case study in what I've been saying forever and is written in sports book that when, in order to win, it, it literally takes more than just the players, more than just the coach. It takes ownership. It takes general managers, presidents, because when, look, look at the Lakers since Dr. Buss has been gone. Look at, look at all the stuff that he like ha- held yep. together. And now that he's gone, they're in disarray from top to bottom. So Yo, the yeah, I just said that. Top from people that don't even. Step. I just said that in the yeah. group so, chat. <laughs> yeah. You know, so stuff, I was like, you know what? Though, held together. I was like, Jerry Bus Dying was the nail in that coffin. I'm like, his kids are morons. Yeah. He's rolling over in his tomb. 
Think about the Celtics, the time when Red Arback closed his eyes. They went years without, like, doing anything again until, you know, Dan- Danny came and seemed to have put some stuff together. But when Red closed his eyes, they were done. So it takes it takes from the t- to the bottom, even with this whole Sixers current um, team that's competing in the playoffs, it was under new ownership. They ran the process. Like, sometimes, man, like, it's it's not just the player, not just the coach. You need everything to you know, um to be working well. Even if that means the owner just literally getting out the way and hiring the right people. That's also something good for a team. You know what? I'll say this before y'all roll, man. I know you got to roll. But um, mm-hmm. about the Lakers, for example, it just shows that like just this destination alone isn't a key. And like I said it once, I say it again. They could they could poo poo Cleveland. But it seemed like Cleveland had a better plan. They actually, you know, it was just not a desirable place to go for anybody, and you weren't going to do it. But I think the problem is that LeBron put his hopes in a guy who quit everything. <laughs> he magic quit everything, and I think that the yeah, whole magic thing they got. Yeah, but LeBron don't care about basketball. Why y'all keep thinking LeBron <laughs> cares about basketball? And you know what, LeBron though? But here's other LeBron don't even be complaining. LeBron used to complain in Cleveland. He'd get on TV and mope and all that. He don't even do that no more. LeBron got his check. Yeah, you know LeBron what, don't care. You know what? I said this, this last thing. And it's like everybody came up, well, they got to get a free agent, get a free agent. The thing is about putting these teams together with these marquee free agents, the reason the Heat team worked or the Golden State team worked so far, those players were around the same age group. They in the same parts of their career to start a player. Boston didn't work because you had Kyrie at this stage of the career. He has other guys trying to find themselves so they can get paid. Nothing wrong with that. So I think that you have to understand team building and not just throw things together. You have to pick a lane. Grow young guys, or we don't go veteran and just build a super team and do what we can do. But, hey, you guys take it easy, man. All right. All right peace. No doubt. See, but that's a, yeah, you know, it, it's really, it's really not that easy because when you try to go with the young guys, you get all the criticism. Then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so no, it's, it's not. I think, I think last year was a gift. Last year was a gift and a curse for them to me, like because mm-hmm. they didn't have those expectations. But expectations. They made, and so the Celtics would have lost in the first last year. No one would have cared about this year. But it's just the fact that they they made it so far. Um, and the expectations. Yo, when, when you make it to the Eastern Finals, if final, the Celtics didn't make the playoffs last year, nobody would have batted an eye. Yeah, but, but because they that, like, went you know, to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals with their backups, then people this off season basically handed the Celtics the Eastern Conference for the next five years, and that's what people do, man. Hot takes, prisoners of the moment. Nobody sat back and thought like. I don't know. I mean, because a few few of us rational thinking people did, you know, we said having a lot of talent is a great problem to have, but it's going to be hell on the coach. And it ended up being hell on the coach. Man, listen, you got to satisfy I, a lot of people. And you got dudes that's like, look, man, we did this cats. last year without these cats. <laughs> Sitting around long enough, this team have literally too much talent. I know that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but I've seen teams, I've seen Laker teams back in the 80s. I've seen Sixers teams in the 80s. I've seen Pistons. Sometimes less is more if you have people that understand their position. Like, right. I, so I've, I've seen these. Role. Man, I, you know what I mean? You have, like, I, examples listen, for them. Like, how are you going to have – like, a second-year player should always know his position. But how does a second-year player 
like Jason Tatum know his position when the whole world told him how great he was coming into the second year. That's what I'm saying. So how it's hard to stay even keel. It's hard to stay egoless when egoless when people tell you, you know how great you are coming in. You'd be like, oh, hey, I'm I'm one B to to um to Kyrie's one A. I'm not even number two here. I'm one B, and it just didn't work out Mm -hmm. that way because we don't give people a chance to develop. Whether you know we don't give people a chance to do anything. If you have a decent first year. And, and the example Jimmy gave, gave earlier about the, the quarterbacks and people having film on you is different. People are watching you now. People are trying to figure out ways to guard you because they have anointed you the next. So it's not going to be that easy every night. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, man. Right I, 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 Let me do some. I remember. We'll get... I remember listen, I remember. Listen, I, sometimes it's about the piece. I remember Adrian Dantley, right, back in the 80s. He played for the Pistons. Now, Adrian Dantley is like a career 25-a-game scorer. And he used to cook cats. People don't remember, he used to cook cats. And he got on that Pistons team, and between Isaiah, Dumars, Vinny Johnson, it wasn't enough shots for him. They had a, a talented team on paper. They traded him for an aging Mark Aguirre and then went back-to-back. They actually got an aging guy who, who required less shots and won back-to-back titles. Although they had on what, what you would look on paper and say as an inferior team, you know what I mean? Like so sometimes, sometimes the same thing. Like that, you could that that could be like the mellow story almost with, with Houston, <laughs> or or even OKC. Yeah, yeah, like you look at them on paper last year, like yo, they got Russ, Paul George, and Mello, and then you know Mello leaves and people get better after Mello leaves, and he's one of my favorites. So I hate the fact that that happens, but it happens. <laughs> Because when it seems like people want to play with him, feel like they they have to get him his touches. Like Melo played in the Knicks a lot of times. Like even when he got hurt for the Knicks and they went on that run, when he came back, right. it's like they force fed him the ball. Like Melo is one of those guys that didn't didn't score within the flow of the game. People just felt like they had to get him his touches. So, but you know I why? Mean, my Jim, whole point is like you're not going to find a lot of people out there with the maturity of a Dwayne Wade, like like in Miami, how. Yeah. He deferred, and he wasn't even asked to to, to defer by his coaches or anybody. He, himself. he looked himself and decided, yo, the best thing for this team is if I he take said, a step back and let LeBron He said, yo, boy, better than me. He said, yo, boy, better than me. Because when they got together, I think Dwayne Wade just swore this was an equal thing. Like, okay, somebody yeah. coming here is just as good as me. <laughs> he started playing with the dude like, hold up. <laughs> like, there's a certain level there's a, a certain level of, 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 of I don't want to use the word genius right but sometimes people say that uh, most geniuses a lot of times know when they get in the way and let others shine that, that's, that's, that's an honorable trait you don't always have part of being an alpha male part of being a leader is to know when to fall back right and that's the thing, you know, a lot of alpha males, like you, you run the com- company, but you don't have to do everything. You know how to delegate. You know how to let other people shine where they shine best. You know, when somebody's smarter than you, that's why you hired them. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. So, <laughs> so uh-huh. quick birthday shout think, out so we can get right back into the That's where Kyrie NBA. went wrong. This is last point, that's where Kyrie went wrong huh? because it's kind of what we talked about earlier, him wanting to be mama so much. He didn't know how to like fall back and like let Rogier do his thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you know. But anyway, get a birthday shout out so we can 
<laughs> move forward. You got a quick point, B, before we – you want to make a last point? We're going to get back to it, but if you want to make a last point real quick. We're going back to it. All right. So let's get these quick birthday shout-outs. Uh, birthdays don't have a sponsor, so this will be quick. Um, Shout-out to Jake Long, who turns 34 My years birthday. old. Yay! Uh, Prince Fielder is 35. Doug Christie. Now, I don't know. This might not be a sanctioned birthday shout-out, because did any of y'all check with his wife to make sure that we can mention his name? She owns all his basketball publishing, so we got to check with her before we sample his name. Anyway, Doug Christie turns 49. David Benoit is 51 years old. Shout out to the little bull, little old bull, Calvin Murphy. He's 71 years old. Get some better suits. Um, and rest in right. peace, shout out to Tony Gwynn. He was, he was born uh, May 9th, 1960. Passed away uh, too young, June 16th, 2014. Damn. So we'd like to give a war room salute to all of these folks. On their birthdays. birthday. I forgot why Tony Gwynn died. I looked that up. I saw that. Like, yo, why did Tony Gwynn die so young? He must have had that stuff Joel got. Oh, matter of fact, I think, I think. I'm going to just keep going. Don't quote me on this, but if I remember correctly, I think that uh, Tony Gwynn had like a cancer, but I think, I remember them like having a real sports and they were trying to like blame it on him chewing tobacco since he was eight years old. Uh, which, which, you know, that could be a thing, man. Them dudes used to do some. Yeah, he was like you know, one of head tobacco chewers. Oh man, he had that. Jaw, he had that jawbone. Come on, yo, man. I'm, yo, good. <laughs> Wrong for job, I, I, man. I got nothing. I got nothing, <laughs> man. All right, man. Y'all can check out our website, warroomsports.com. If you want to call us and speak with us about any of these NBA playoff topics, we're about to wrap about now. The Digital Extreme Tech Hotline three two three. Four one zero 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 one two. Press one when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press one if you want to talk, man. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> Listen, man. The, this the NBA wrap is brought to you by Digital Edge Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Here's what you do. Go to digitalextremetech.com. Say, yo, I heard it in the war room. Give me my discount. You put your discount. You can also call 267-205-4203. You get your discount. We'd like to thank Digital Extreme Technologies for always supporting the war room. But it's time to talk about this thing of ours and continue to talk about this thing of ours, the National Basketball Association. <laughs> Listen, man, um, the, the playoffs are uh, getting deep into the playoffs, but somehow the Lakers are still making all the news in the world. Um, they were negotiating with Tyron Lu, and it came to a halt. They wanted to offer him three years, and he wanted a five-year deal because a lot of his contemporaries, and actually people with a, a, a less resume than him have been getting five-year deals, but the Lakers weren't willing to do it. And from what I'm hearing, they said that Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis, who's Kurt Rambis, has, has something to do with this. So We told y'all last week. Is like, what are they calling her? Shadow owner? <laughs> yo, the Rambuses, yo, yo, she must got gambling debts to the Rambuses because they were running the show over there. <laughs> they, they, they say that Jenny Buss like um is is has this thing with like loyalty to the past, um, and I guess that's what she knows. But like, yo, it is, you know what's crazy about this is because it's, it's on such a big stage, and it's the Lakers. It's like you know, but. I see this all the time with small businesses where mm-hmm. 
instead of burning the right people, when someone gets up in age, automatically just leave it to their kids and their kids run it in the ground. Yeah. It's crazy Damn, to watch it like a family business on such a big stage. You see the same thing happen that I've literally seen the corner stores. Dry I'm glad, this, like small I'm glad the forum club closed, cuz. Can you, can you imagine what they would have done to the forum club by now? I oh, gonna be a library. Ruined that beautiful place. <laughs> Yo, they had EJ. They had EJ and her friends up in there running the forum club, sacrilegiously. Yo, but so uh, listen, the deal was around. The offer was around like three years, eighteen million dollars. Now, me, I don't think the disrespect. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's Lou does. He has a he has an NBA title, so he's looking for bigger bucks. Um, and whatever the coaching market may be right now. I personally don't, you know, Teron Lou really hasn't proven to me that he's all that great of a coach. Um, Things just kind of worked out the way they were going to work out in in Cleveland. And with LeBron there and the state of the Eastern Conference at the time that they both got back to Cleveland or got to Cleveland, you know, that, 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 not winning the chip was bound to happen because nobody expected Golden State to falter. But, you know, they were down 3-1 at the time. So by a lot of accounts, people think if Draymond never did what he did, then that would have never happened in Cleveland. It did happen in Cleveland. Um, I don't know how much credit people are giving to Ron Lou, but I don't think the disrespect comes in the Lakers' monetary offer. Where I think the disrespect comes is the fact that they're offering him this position and this money, but they don't want to let him choose his own staff. And as a matter of fact, back to these names, from what I hear, they wanted to place Kurt Rambis on his staff as his lead assistant slash associate head coach. So I was like, I don't understand like this power move of them and the Rambises putting themselves you know, into everything Lakers related and Jeannie Buss actually allowing them to do it. That's why I think there's some gambling debts involved here. <laughs> and I, I don't know, but, but they were throwing the crazy part his is, wife's I, name around as quote unquote shadow owner last week. And I have no clue what that means, but the power that they seem to be wielding, at least in rumors, is yo, something to that. But from what I'm reading, what I'm reading, Linda Ramis' only connection is her and Jeannie are like best friends. So, right. like, so like, Jeannie must have smashed Kurt and got mm-hmm. caught, and she was like, to keep the friendship, you got to give listen, us a part man, of the Lakers. I don't know what it is. Listen, I've, I've, I've been in relationships in my life where, like, uh, you mess with a chick and she's listening to her dumb girlfriend, and her girlfriend ain't even giving her good advice or just lying. Or, or don't know nothing about what you're asking her about. She know about basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole, that's a, that's a whole different. All she knows is, like, is people no, should wear goggles if they can't see that well because my husband used to do it. Yo, I got it. But the crazy, <laughs> the crazy part about this man, it's like I know Jim Buss is sitting back laughing because you know he was running the team in the ground before she got her shot. Like, but now he's probably <laughs> enjoying this because she's mm-hmm. basically becoming a joke. Yo, being being the great business minds that you are, uh, <clears throat> and us understanding that. This discord on the in the organization does not necessarily mean that revenues are down. How long do you think it is before this impacts revenues, or are they going to be able to mimic Jerry Jones and uh, Dan Snyder and give the fan base mediocrity and still be in the top ten percent profitability wise? 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect revenues anytime soon. But at the same time, it has to be embarrassing. Um, and Jerry Jones know, does like the whole Lakers fans plan. Lakers fans are planning to have a protest outside of Staples Center tomorrow. <laughs> Here's the thing. Sometimes being a good owner is hiring a basketball mind and getting out the way. And I think that's kind of what she needs to do. She needs to hire someone and just get out of the way. Um, yeah. You know, in the words of uh, Ludacris, move, Nema. But I'm just out of the way. Um, <laughs> first of all, let me ask you about your fan base, man. How entitled are Lakers fans that they protest when they team garbage? <laughs> Everybody else just sit through it, stop going to the game. Lakers fans are going to protest. Like, we are the Lakers. We, we, are, we do not be garbage for a decade. It's not us. Yeah, they gonna protest like that's gonna make a difference. But but it does get embarrassing when the Clippers are the better team in LA. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, like the Clippers being the better location. Like the only the, the only saving grace I think y'all have with that is even though the Clippers for the better part of the last decade has been the better team in LA, it still seems like the Clippers are never gonna win a championship. So as long as oh, y'all yeah, got them sixteen things hanging up in their arena. Yeah, as long as they still like, as long as they still live in y'all basement, it don't matter how good they are. It's like if somebody, it's like if I let somebody live in my basement, and you know because his credit jacked up and all that kind of stuff, but he actually got a job and he making more money than me. You still live in my basement. I still did way more than you. I just just (laughs) don't understand like like what's the like you know and, and I don't understand what they're doing. And that's the crazy part. Like, what is your plan? What are you doing? Like, if Nor I, do especially they. when you talk about this, this being the year of free agents, you don't have any stability anywhere in the organization for if they want to come there. Jimmy, it sounds like it sounds like they let the social media, they let all the jokes get to them. You know, all the LeBron ran things in Cleveland. He was the GM. Blah blah blah. It sounds like they're fighting against him, and he ain't even trying to fight for that power. Sometimes it I sounds like that's that to me. Exactly. Like, yo, it's like Jeannie Buss is trying to wrestle. That, that, She's trying to do things great that point. make a point that he doesn't run this. We do. But you're embarrassing that's yourself. That's a great point. He don't even give a shit right now. <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> Ryan, it's kind of like... <laughs> yo, Jim, it's kind of like we're we going to bring Lou in for this interview yeah, because he had success with LeBron, but we're going to lowballing, disrespecting, just so we don't look like we're catering to LeBron's every need. Meanwhile, LeBron probably never no. asked y'all to bring in Teron Lou. <laughs> Yo, LeBron, LeBron, like you LeBron, say, LeBron, in the studio. LeBron is uh, preparing to take Blaze Pizza public. He ain't even thinking about basketball. And LeBron, the fact of the matter is is talking the, with the Tyler Perry is, and trying to help him get his studio opened up or something. Yo, the Lakers... Bonnie Williams chose the Phoenix Suns over the Lakers. Phoenix Suns have the worst owner in all the sports. He still wanted to go work for him. <laughs> Less expectations. The Lakers will put you in a terrible yeah. situation, and then you have expectations. And that's why I said I don't think the years that they offered to Ron Lou, I don't think that's terrible because these days when the job doesn't get done, people aren't lasting more than three years anyway. And I know these organizations are tired of paying these coaches free money after they fire them. So I'm like, the I, new I standard in this microwave society should be three-year contracts for coaches. Now, I take all I, this I back. I get that, but the market is It's supposed to be the next one getting interviewed. Now, 
did they offer him something better financially than they offered Teron Lou and even more power, then I take all of this back because if they're not going to be, you know, fair and equal and give the same type of offer to everybody, then there's something else going on there. I, I, see, my thing is, I understand what you're saying, and I agree with it. But at the same time, it's, in, in sports, it's always about what the market bears. And, like, David Sisdell uh, has got a five-year deal. The last several years oh, yeah. got five years. I'm not saying Teron Lou need to go for it. But I can say, I, you know, I can understand. Because Teron Lou is still yeah. old, like, $7 million from the cast. <laughs> so there's a lot and, of coaches. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, whether he gets credit for it or not, his resume is what it is. Like, so mm-hmm. I have that resume. I'm going to sit there and leverage it and try to. And, and Teron Lou was an assistant coach for like 40 years, it seemed like. And he I'm will get Teron it. Lou was an assistant he might not coach, necessarily be with the Lakers, but he's going to get it. But my thing is, yeah, it's weird that organization, it's, it's still weird that that's even the standard because everybody's in this, you know, instantaneous gratification process. So it's like, if y'all know, you, you're so, you know, there's so many prisoners of the moments out there. Like, you know, if this dude don't turn it around in two years, you're going to fire him. So why are we out here giving five-year deals? But then they wait to get somebody who's actually won a ring to disrespect him. Like, y'all, that's the thing y'all should have offered yeah. Frank Vogel first. Y'all should have interviewed if, him if first. I'm, if I'm, if I'm Teron Lou, I'm happy now as you just play out because this, this organization is like, Yo, they lost. Yeah. They're Lou lost, another. man. But I think people think but that's anyway, his man. best chance because he's had success with LeBron. But Yeah. But I agree with you. It, it does seem like they're fighting somebody that's not fighting them. Like, like <laughs> he's off doing everything else, and they want to, like, make a point that he's not running things. And he's like, cool. Jeannie yeah. trying to let y'all know. LeBron don't run this. I'm like, well, LeBron's teams were a little more successful when he did run it, so. Maybe you might want to ask yeah, him for instead of Rob Palinka. <laughs> Yo, and Rob Palinka, like, see, and here they go. Rob Palinka, what's his only other thing is he's Kobe's guy. Mm-hmm. So Kobe Kobe's going to try and pull strings without being seen. I heard somebody say that what today. I didn't really believe that. I, I I fully believe that Rob Palinka only has a job because of his affiliation. I just find it hard to believe that Kobe's pulling any strings. I mean, there's really nothing being pulled. Nobody's doing anything. That's the head scratch. No, part. I, I, like, I didn't mean he's making it. moves to the trade and all that. <laughs> I do, I do get the feeling that before Rob does anything, he calls Kobe. Though, what you think? Nah, he a bum. He a bum. He don't got Mamba mentality. All right, scratch him. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe gonna fall on the cloud with everybody that work out with him. <laughs> He's gonna be the new clutch. Now, now the Mamba, the now, MM boy. Y'all laughing to watch Barry sign with the Lakers? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Barry, he uh, seemed too honorary lately to be the dude to go back, you know, crawling with his tail between his legs. But we'll see. All right, what? What else? Anyway, man. On? But um, the playoffs are in full swing, man. Um, the Celtics were dead in five series. Uh, so far, that's over. Um, Celtics yeah. won game we, one. We talked about that. The only thing I want to say, I definitely, Jim, I definitely want to give a shout out to Paul Pierce. Um, because we talked about that. Like after game one, the Celtics got a twenty-two point win. He said this series was over. I, I, how disrespectful is that to a team that won sixty games this year? It's over after game one. 
Yeah, that the hot they takes. Don't keep Pierce off TV. <laughs> He'd be on TV farting. Between him, between him farting that white woman. Yo, for his own sake and his own legacy, yo, they gotta get him off TV, yo. Yo, That's he says, and he'd be serious, and he's the type of bull. Like he'll say something, and he'll know you think he's joking, and he'll say it in a way where he's cool if you laugh, but he also but will double back and say, "Yo, I was serious." Yo, I was serious. I'm better than you. I'm better than him. That works he's in too, the climate, though. That works. The people love hot takes. Yeah, but he's he's too emotional for this job because he can't help but compare everybody they talk about with himself. Because he played with a lot of these dudes. <laughs> right. So his truth mentality comes out, and he and it makes him say dumb stuff because it's always them against me. <laughs> and when he said Paul that series was over, he got to realize that he's not a part of the Boston Celtics anymore. And we talked about how inconsistent they were all season. You really think because they won game one that it was going to be that easy against a 60-win team with the probable MVP on it? Come on, dude. Listen, man, he invented the step back, man. He invented the step back. (laughs) Give him his credit. But you know what it is, Jim? These dudes, because they all do it. You know, Stephen A. Smith, he don't even study games no more. He just scream um, and talk about his connections and who texts him and all that kind of stuff. Um, these these guys don't have to get they they never get held accountable because like you said before entertainment trumps basically intelligence these days so nobody's really looking for no raw intelligent analysis the hot takes and the the prisoner of the moment takes and all of that kind of stuff keeps the ratings up keeps the clicks the views Yo, the likes the shares they, and it gets their paycheck you tell you how bad it, you tell you, you how bad it is they they make Rick Buecher look like a genius, like he's the intelligent person in the room. Right. Speaking of, oh, I saw Rick Buecher talking with Shitlock in them today, right? Yo, Jason Whitlock literally contradicted his last point with his next point. Literally. <laughs> they get away with this because, Yo, because here's they're all hot. Let me tell you how bad it is. No, but Love it. Here's how bad it really is, though. Here's the one thing y'all missing, how bad it really is. It's so bad that most of these shows come out and say, I have a hot take. They're telling you they have hot takes and then drop the bars on you. They be like, yo, I got a hot take. They be like, yo, I got a hot take. Basically, they're, they're, they're literally saying this. You. They're dropping this on you. Listen, I'm about to say stupid here. Like, <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to say my dumb stuff for the day. And then they say it. Like they literally I mean, but it's been like that. That's, that's how the playoffs are being covered. It's the same thing in this Sixers series. After game one, the Sixers didn't have a chance. Oh, to Toronto dismantled them. The Sixers don't have what it takes to beat this team. Sixers win two games, go up 2-1. People are like, the Sixers are finally rounding into the team we thought they were when they made the, tra- the trades. They're finally gelling. We think they'll end up in the NBA Finals. <laughs> and shout out to, uh, was it, Rick? Bodner, Mark Bodner, he tweeted something like this earlier. Then uh, Toronto comes back and beats them, ties the series. And, um, you know, earlier we said that Toronto didn't have what it took to match up with these with this starting lineup. Then they start to take it back. Toronto destroys the Sixers in game five, and it's over. Everybody's making jokes about how 
you know, they can't wait to see Kawhi versus Giannis. Charles Barkley's on TV talking about, yeah, we made our reservations for the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll be going back and forth to Milwaukee and, and then uh, what's the name? So if the Sixers win game six Kawhi. tonight, what, what's going to be the next? What's going to be Listen, the next? Thing the funniest everybody? thing I saw, the funniest thing I saw was after game three when the Sixers went up 2-1, I've heard pundits say that Kawhi wasn't as aggressive as he should have been down the stretch. They win game four. They said cool. Kawhi is better than Kobe Bryant. They win game <laughs> five, and they they win game five. They said Kawhi is arguably the best defensive player to ever play basketball. <laughs> yo, yo, and this is something. This is the point we make. All and in all, in all of this, we talk about all, it all the time. Everybody's legacy, everybody's legacy is determined on a game by game basis. Because if Kawhi <laughs> comes out game six in Philly and lays down a stinker, and the Sixers blow them out which is possible because it happened earlier in the, in the series, then we're going to hear something else because, you know, Joel and, and Ben and all those guys were gelling and they looked like an NBA Finals team. Two games later, they were saying Joel and or Simmons should be traded. Like they're trying to figure Listen, out which one should be traded to I make the team. Them turn, they, turned on, they turned on Dame Lillard. After, after the OKC series, he was a top two point guard in the league. After the last game when Denver won, they said that he doesn't have what it takes to ever be an NBA champion. I'm like, yo. <laughs> this is crazy. Go ahead, B. Yeah. Be, I got you. Yeah. Yo, the, the issue that we're having with these uh, hot takes is that these guys have no intelligence and no pride. Like, they have no pride in what they do. But you know what though? I'm not just thinking. I think some of them actually are intelligent. I think that they've just bought into like they they they, they get ratings. They they bought into the entertainment part of it. Because sometimes they'll they'll they they like. I think they sit and combat like who can come up with the most egregious or crazy hot take. And I think that's why Max Kellerman is like cooking them because he's like I'm gonna go so far, say something to piss everybody off. I think they do that. They sit around like. Yeah, Max Max Kellerman is having a doozy of a week. With his hot take, yeah. he is having a doozy of a Yeah, he, but but the thing is, but what I'm saying is, y'all, I don't think it's, it's lack of intelligence because I could tell that he sort of he sat around and like cooked it up. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in this kind of way to get this reaction. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's putting thought into this just to just See? to rile people up. I watch I watch the birth of this, and I tell y'all this all the time. This whole thing started. Kind of with the with with partner interruptions, like when the, when that show first came out, I loved it, but then I started to notice, especially because Tony Kornheiser also had a radio show in town, so I used to listen to that in the daytime and then watch PTI in the evening, and dude had two totally different belief systems on those shows, so I'm like, see, but I think that was to me that was that was the that was the advent of the the argument show, so. He had to sometimes change his real ideology because he had to be different than Wilbon, and they had to argue. And then you go on the I radio, think me, like you never said that stuff. I'm like, yo. To me, this, this all started. I remember as a kid. I remember as a kid. <laughs> I, I used to see Howard Eskin do this. Howard Eskin would be on the news, on like CBS, and say one thing. He would get on his radio show and, and say something totally opposite, but he was saying <laughs> in such a condescending way. That he literally, he literally would have people yeah, on his show and threaten to kill, threaten to kill and fight him. Threaten You're right, to kill yeah, and because him. his radio persona was to be a villain, and like you said, he would get yeah. like interviewed on the news, and he was a little nicer. 
now that he's gotten so yeah. popular and he's he's had so many years in, he can be the villain anytime he wants. But back then, yeah, I, I the thing get is, exactly. And, and shout out and shout out to his son Spike, who's been on our show, like talking to him. He just say that it's, he's 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 told me like, yo, it's probably the entertainer, and he's made a hell of a living doing it. Like, so to me, it goes back to him. But it, it, it and even with Max, right? Well, I used I used to listen to Max when him and Marcellus had like a radio show, but it was an LA based show. When um this was like years ago. When ESPN started putting their stuff online, I used to listen to them because they used to cover the Lakers. And he was notorious for this even back then. But the thing is, I think that Max is actually – he's, but he goes out of his way to create these crazy takes to piss people off. And right. Did you see when he, when he did the thing about Kobe this week when he said that Kawhi is a better clutch yeah. player than, uh, than Kobe Bryant? Jake, better yo, clutch player than Kobe Bryant. So he also mentioned that Kawhi was – in the argument for greatest defensive player of all time. It's crazy. Yo, Jay Williams got so mad, he walked off. He couldn't <laughs> he even debate him set. anymore. He, <laughs> he even off the set. He's like, I'm not, he's like, he, oh, he said, I'm not doing this. He said, I'm not doing this. And yeah. got up, walked off the set. Because Jay Williams but all that is not make fully it go immersed in, he's not fully immersed yet in the culture. He's still pretty much a newbie. But, he's still trying to, he's still trying to show people his analyst chops most of the time. So he yep. really not. And I guarantee you, probably would be me if if I, you know, if I ever got on with those dudes. Real quick, because we gotta go, fellas. KD's but injury. Real quick, yeah, real, I just say one thing about that last last point about that. That's huh? that when he when he got up and walked away, I guarantee you the producers probably got hyped like this is going viral. He did exactly <laughs> what they wanted to do. That's all. They probably said it in his ear though. Get up and walk away. <laughs> Get up and walk away. Right. <laughs> he was but, all um, making all loving hip hop. We got like. 20 seconds. KD's injury is supposed to be a calf strain. He's definitely out for the rest of this series. Um, and if it's anything more serious, of course, moving on. What do y'all think Golden State's going to do without them? Jimmy mentioned earlier that, you know, they kind of look like they went back to the old Golden State without them. But they're not as deep as they used to be when they could do that. Yeah, Maybe that's the only concern. In full games? Um, that, was, that was a quarter and a half. That, and they put them in that, full games without Yeah, KD? I think that K- I think Katie's period came on. But I also think that um that <laughs> yeah. it's possible but that you mentioned the one thing, the one is that their bench. Now that's like they got good production from their bench, but I think that's what it all boils down to. But Steph started getting back in Steph bag and if Steph's back in his Steph bag is in P season and Harden disappears like he did last night, then uh Houston might be out of here. Yo, Scott you in the chat room still cap caping for Mark Jackson. He can't get a run. Houston, Houston, Houston is going to go bye-bye, but the Warriors are in trouble if, if KD is truly injured because even if he can come back, play off intensity basketball, he's still going to be hobbled. He's not going to be the same. They're in trouble, Might but be. I do think they get out of this series series because Chris Might Paul. Be a great chance for the Nuggets, turn- a team that I really didn't believe in until recently. But they might have a great but shot in front of them playing against a non-deep Warriors team. But I still think they could beat either one of those teams without KD. I yeah. think they could beat one of those teams. Um, but I don't know. Milwaukee about might be their buzzsaw. We'll talk about it next week. Last point <laughs> I want to make, and it might just be me, but yo, to me, CP3 fell off, dog. Why don't they play? The old CP3, old CP3, the old CP3. They, no, I'm talking about even from last year. The old, CP3 of last year before he got hurt, they would have won that game last night. Like, 
He can't shoot no more. He can't even make foul shots no more. Anyway. Garbage. Just the observation. <laughs> anyway, man, <laughs> it's time for us to get out of here. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, uh, people in the group, the app. Salute to you guys as well. Everybody who called and got through, we appreciate it. Those we couldn't get to, we apologize. We had a lot to talk about. This thing of ours is popping, so you know we got to do it. Tune in this week live right here on the man as we catch up on everything happening in NBA playoffs. We'll also catch up on everything happening in the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy this next week, and we'll see you right back here. Be sure to catch everything that we do at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. Again, that's warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or the hub, warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the world of ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.